My name is Kelly Travis. I'm a health leadership and success coach, and I also host a podcast called She Doesn't Settle. I work um, with folks a couple different ways. I uh, work within organizations a lot, and I work with teams, individuals, um, and the leadership folks to help improve the culture, make it more positive, healthy, improve communication, and help everyone work towards either individual or collective goals. And I love it. I also use the Enneagram a lot in my coaching. And on the other side of my business, I have I work with individual clients as well as I have a mastermind called Ascend. And this is an experience for women, high achieving women who really want to identify the goals they actually want and create a plan to go after them while prioritizing their health and well-being. Because so often it's one or the other and it and it can be both. And more importantly, I help everyone really get outside of the box they put themselves in. Stop chasing external goals that they don't actually want and identify what it is that they want and need for themselves. And my podcast is kind of an extension and a complement to my work. I showcase women's stories of, you know, heartache and triumph and all the failures and the frustrations that are a part of life because when we share our stories, we can help others and we can help others see the potential in their own lives. And I also use this platform to dive into really big topics that all kind of center around not settling. Goal setting is kind of my jam. And so combining that with supporting women to own their own, you know, desires and um, let go of societal expectations um, is really, really important to me. So my story (laughs) is a messy one, just like everybody else's. And, you know, obviously our stories start when we're children, but when it became um, challenging for me was college. I have been a collegiate, I have been a competitive athlete my entire life. I went away to school on an athletic scholarship. I'm a runner. And I was really excited. I did okay my freshman year. You kind of are working on figuring out how to juggle classes and a social life and a full-time job of being an athlete. And at the end of my freshman year, my coach approached me. And he used to criticize all of us and our bodies. But he approached me and he said, Travis, (laughs) I'm going to write you a contract. I want you to lose X amount of pounds by next season, the fall, and here's what I'm going to give you, and here's what you're going to be able to accomplish. He knew I had big goals. He really tapped into that piece of me. I'm a high achiever. I'm very driven. I'm a perfectionist, and I don't like to fail, and I had big goals to go to the Olympics, and he knew that, and he used it. So I went home for the summer, and I started to lose weight and became really obsessed with everything. And I will say that I'm kind of predisposed to this kind of behavior. There's a lot of addiction and mental health issues in my family. So it was kind of, just kind of felt normal. 
I hid it from my parents because there was a part of me that knew that something was wrong. And I went back to school in the fall and was running really well. And that didn't help. It actually fed into the behavior of restricting and um, being super cruel to my body. So I declined very quickly. My last race was um, nationals. I was an All-American, my last collegiate race, and that was the end. I dropped out of school. I was home for a long time trying to get help and get healthy, but I actually got worse in that environment, and then I was hospitalized. And it wasn't like just the hospital. It was the psych ward, uh, which (laughs) has its own story in and of itself, which is why I'm writing a memoir. But while I gained my weight back and I did everything you're supposed to do, I never actually did the work to shift from surviving to thriving. On the outside, I looked healthy. I went back to college. I actually sought a degree in mental health so I could work within addiction and work with women, especially on um, you know, um, mental health, but also just you know, letting go of shame and, and all of those things associated with how we treat ourselves. And I got married really young to the guy that really saved me during this time. And I spent my 20s Instead of, because I had lost my identity as an athlete, I spent my 20s chasing a different goal, which was somebody else's goal professionally. And I went from working as a social worker to stepping into publishing and sales. And I climbed the ladder and spent 10 years doing that, was the um, director of marketing, publisher of magazine division, and I hated it. I recognized that I was miserable. I actually finally started running again um, right before I entered my 30s and started um, working on um, qualifying for the Olympic trials. And I, in the middle of this, got divorced from the, the boy who saved me. And then shortly thereafter, entered into an abusive relationship. So it was in the midst of all of this, working in a career I didn't love, you know, still hating myself, being miserable and depressed and just really unhappy. But on the outside, I looked like I had it all together. I looked healthy. I was competing and racing. I had this great career and I, you know, all of the things. And then I got pregnant, which derailed my work towards the Olympic trials But it also made me wake up and say, holy crap, how am I going to bring a life into this world when I can't even take care of myself? Look at what I'm doing. And that was the catalyst for me to start to work towards change. Now, (laughs) it didn't happen overnight, and there was a lot of hiccups along the way. Remember, I was not in a good relationship, and I was still trying to figure myself out. But I knew that I needed to change. And so I started that journey and left my career, started my own business. And after having my second son, in the middle of all that, I left my marriage. And that's where I'm at today. None of it was easy, but those boys were really 
the catalyst for me to get it together. I started to work on my mental health and my emotional health and I sought new certifications and I knew that if I wanted to help other women, if I wanted to step back into that role that I so badly promised I would do when I was hospitalized, I had to get my stuff together. And that's what I did. So it's still not easy. I'm a single mom with these two little boys, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I am racing again. Uh, It looks a lot different when you're 40, but I'm healthy and I no longer criticize my body and I no longer feel undeserving of the things that I want. And I'm not stepping into relationships um, or professional spaces that are unhealthy. I'm setting boundaries. I am very clear about what I want, and I feel like a completely different person today. Because the things I learned in my personal life, both as a runner and a survivor, have become integral to my ability to help other high-achieving women. And that makes me so happy. And this work intersects with my podcast. I chose that space in particular because I am a speaker and I love to use the mic to really (laughs) make an impact. It has had an impact on a lot of my listeners um, in terms of identifying their goals, letting go of control, identifying what motivates them, learning to trust themselves, to take care of themselves, all of those things that, you know, we're kind of silently taught are not important. And all of the things that I really needed to hear as that 20-year-old girl who was in the hospital fighting for her life. And that is why I get up and do the work that I do every day. I work for, with women in their 30s and 40s and 50s and even 60s who are wanting to go after goals that they've been hiding from and they want to take care of themselves in a way they've never done before. So that is what I do, and that is why I do it. And while it's been a crazy journey, it's also really informed what I do today and taught me how to be a better mom as well. What have I learned about myself from sharing my story? When I started sharing my story, it felt empowering. But what I have learned every time I share my story, whether it's on stage or with somebody one-on-one, I'm reminded of how strong and capable and resilient I am. I'm reminded of the things I've overcome and the things that I've achieved. And I have to admit those things, right? Because we, we hide from this. We tell ourselves we're not good enough that There's no way we can go after that goal because maybe we've tried and failed before. But when we can acknowledge the parts of our lives that show us that we are strong and capable and absolutely um, deserving of the things we want, it's confirmation, right? My biggest dream personally this might sound cheesy, but it is so true, is to just raise kind, compassionate, self-aware humans. I want my boys to be able to acknowledge what they want in life and go after it, and I want them to just be able to show up as themselves. 
because I spent most of my childhood and young, you know, in my 20s feeling like I had to hide those parts of myself because they weren't good enough. And I don't ever want them to feel that way. And professionally, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to keep supporting women and men who have goals they're hiding from or who don't know what their goals are because they've been chasing everybody else's. And I want to help them do that in a way that still allows them to be mentally, physically, and emotionally well because we can have both. And I've learned that through this process. Is it easy? No. But if we do the work, and we have accountability, and we have support, and we can recognize how to talk to ourselves, then it changes the game. So that is my dream. Thank you. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.